I'm Karen. And I'm Lauren. And this is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, know nothing. We sure don't. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Karen? I'm great. We're getting into it. This is the best my voice has sounded in like a last couple recordings in which I've had like a real gravelly, weird, prepubescent time. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sure. Lauren, joining us today is Julia Schwinneman, unofficial third host of the cast yeah third host when she's here you might to be here not hear her a lot during this episode because she's eating some cheesy bread yeah well i don't want my chewing sounds to be in the microphone so which i think we all appreciate i will unless i don't know some weird people into that (laughs) that's not this podcast but maybe a spin-off podcast sure just (laughs) eating bread with julia that's the whole podcast (laughs) that's what it's called sure that's here's the thing that's someone's fetish like no fetish shaming but that's someone's fetish just it's, to watch like yeah. a young girl eat bread all right it is. Well, no it exists on the internet i don't like I... it that you said it that way <laughs> <laughs> well you are a young girl all right you are eating bread okay okay anyway. well anyway <laughs> uh sure Lauren, leave that awkward pause in don't edit it out i'm okay uh no you no no it. uh so today uh we are continuing this is a continuation of our quest yes. for Betsy Wolf to notice us. Betsy Wolf, come sure. at us. Um, I listen. I think uh, once again she is one of my favorite performers. Uh, you can't find really bad things written about her, uh, even in parts uh, in shows that she's had maybe like little minor roles or just you know whatever. Uh, she's still great. She still gets the reviews, and also in shows where it's maybe lackluster, they'll be like, "Well, she wasn't given a lot to do, but damn, but she, she did, did it well. Did a good job." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so today. We are talking about falsettos. All right. Are either of you uh, aware or know about falsettos? No. I mean, like, I've heard the title. That's about as well, far this as is I our, have gone. Schwindy, this is one of our favorite games when Lauren doesn't know the show. Oh, God. Lauren, what do you think the show is about? No, I, no idea. I think this show is about... <laughs> I don't know, like a bunch of people who have really high voices. I guess, like that's they all that's just talk all, in falsetto. They're just like it's like Mickey Mouse and shit. Like they're just like what Hi, if how just you two hours of that where people are going uh, okay. No, the title gives you nothing to go off of, so I have no idea. Well, Lauren, you're right. This is what the show is. Oh shit! No, just kidding. Oh, I was like, uh, really? No, no, no. <laughs> what, a, um, what a what a terrible joke you have played. Incorrect. On. So oh. falsettos premiered on Broadway in 1992. And was nominated for seven Tony Awards, winning Best Book and Best Original Score. Mm. Was later revived in 2016. Uh, this show, the music and lyrics are by William uh, William Finn, with the book by William Finn and James Lapine. So it's a James mm. Lapine show. James Lapine. Uh, he's got him. a pretty good pedigree of many things that uh, have come. Um, we're going to talk and go through, but they did a revival in 2016 uh, with Christian Borel and Andrew Rannells. And of course, the lovely Betsy Wolf and other Betsy people Wolf. that I will talk Do about. They play a gay couple? Maybe. Okay. Maybe they do. I don't know. Is that based on your experience with some of the music that you no, have heard coincidentally? I, oh. I have seen, um, I feel like I have seen like clips on maybe YouTube and TikTok of the show okay. in which I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I, I don't know. I was just checking. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, what's interesting about Falsettos is it is actually. The musical consists of kind of two shows, March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land. Um, the last two were installments in a trio of one-act musicals that premiered off-Broadway. Okay. So oh. it's basically three one-acts. They ditched the first one-act, which was called In Trousers, and then they did sure, the last two. 
Um, but it's interesting because uh, composer William Finn, sorry, William Finn, started his career and then he kind of wrote these, but it's all based uh, about sort of exploring sexuality. Um, and so this show really delves into that and kind of hits the 70s because he started in Trousers, he wrote in 78, um, really sort of examining sexuality in the late 70s, early 80s, which... If for younger listeners, a very different landscape and a mm-hmm. very different time for folks. Definitely. So it's kind of an interesting thing where it really also wasn't talked about a ton back then either. Um, so this is kind of what's interesting. Um, he continued to write the one acts, March of the Falsettos, and he collab- collaborated with director James Lapine on the book. It premiered on uh, Playwrights Horizon in April 81, ran there. Um, and then after a dec a decade after March of the Falsettos, he wrote Falsetto Land, um, in sort of the wake of the 1980 AIDS pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really interesting thing and it won a bunch of awards, uh, outstanding musical drama, drama desk award, outstanding lyrics and those kinds of things. And so it wasn't until they combined March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land and then basically that's what creates the full show falsettos. Gotcha. Okay. What do I know James Lapine from? Is that Into the Woods? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um so I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Uh the interesting thing is this show touches on a few topics. AIDS crisis, uh homosexuality, Jewishness, although like it's it's a couple it really kind of hits on a couple. So oh, uh takes. without further ado, we will get into it. Uh, it's 1979 in New York City. Marvin, his 10-year-old son Jason, his psychiatrist Mendel, and his boyfriend Wizard are in the midst of an argument. Um, and it's, it's a lot sorry, of people to be in charge of it. I understand right off the first sentence. Oh, it's boy. Marvin and Wizard, Marvin's son Jason, and then the psychiatrist is Mendel. Okay. Um, and they begin, uh, we find them in the midst of an argument called Four Jews in a Room Bitching. I have heard that title. <laughs> yep. I've heard the title of that song, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Sure. It's a really, Adorable. here's what I say, in a really, like, helpful way, um, Marvin steps forward to explain his situation. He has left his wife, Trina, for his male lover, Wizard, but no one is happy with this, uh, with his attempts to integrate Wizard into the family. Huh. Uh, a tight-knit family. That's the okay. song. At Marvin's suggestion, Trina visits Mendel and explains she's having trouble accepting the end of her marriage and her failure to be a perfect wife. Hmm. Mendel, instantly attracted to her, tries to reassure Uh her that she is not to blame. Love is blind. Marvin and Wizard note that they have very little in common but are intensely attracted to each other and worry that their feelings for one another are fading. The thrill of first love. And uh, to your answer your question, Christian Borrell and Andrew Rannells are Marvin and Wizard. That is what I thought. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool, yep. cool. Sure. Wizard presents an interlude titled Marvin at the Psychiatrist, a three-part mini-opera. In a therapy session with Mendel, Marvin discusses his relationship with Wizard and his failed relation- relationship with Trina. Jason is very worried that because of Marvin's sexuality, he will turn out to be gay, too. My mm-hmm. father's a homo. Oh, my uh-huh. God. Correct. Oh, uh, like and that. his uh, his parents suggest that he receive therapy from Mendel to calm his mood swings. Everyone tells Jason to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Once again, if you are a consistent listener, you will know that song titles sometimes are, are just very literal yeah. and require no imagination. <laughs> Apparently um, not. Marvin and Wizard fight over Wizard's lack of enthusiasm for monogamy and Marvin's attempt to force him into the role of a housewife. Hmm song this had better come to a stop 
while Trina is concerned that Wizard is taking her place in the family and has a mental breakdown. Aww. I'm breaking down. Sure. Um, and I believe really in the revival, it. sort of in the Christian Borough, Andrew Reynolds, I believe this is played uh, by Soshana Bean. Oh. But now I'm going to check because... Who's, who is which is which? I've said that. Is Christian Borrell... Marvin. Marvin? Yeah. Okay. Um, now I've said it, and I feel like I could be a lie. Oh, no. not Sorry, not Soshana Bean. I'm so sorry. Stephanie J. Block. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I got excited and I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> no, no, just confused. So uh, I assume that at some point Betsy Wolf has played Trina. Is that what we're at? Betsy Wolf plays Cordelia. Oh, Cordelia we'll get to. has not been introduced yet. We okay. have not introduced All her right. yet. Excellent. So, um, Cordelia, what a name. It is. kind of like it. I love it. Very 80s, to be honest. It reminds um, me of, all, of maybe from American Horror Story, The Witch, but like, it's sure. a very witchy kind of name. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Trina's frustrated. Uh, nope, sorry. Uh, she has a breakdown. Uh, Trina requests that Mendel provide in-home therapy for Jason. Please come to our house. And after getting to know her and Jason through these sessions, Mendel clumsily proposes to her. Trina Proposes? Ex- yeah. That's quick. Well, and also <laughs> ethics, y'all. Well, that's what I, I was wondering How? about that, right? Like, <sighs> I have I have a couple friends who are practicing therapists, and like... They're all partnered off, but like if you're a single therapist and you end up falling in love with one of your clients, like what happens there? You 100% have to be like, you cannot see me as your therapist anymore. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess so, but even then, it's like, what a weird thing. I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. How, just, how long are they like? It's portrayed over like a period of time. Okay. So it's not like tomorrow I met you and then tomorrow I proposed. It, there's like a there's like a passage of time that's portrayed on stage. Um, okay, Mendel clumsily proposes to her. Trina accepts, sparking jealousy in Marvin. A marriage proposal. Trina is frustrated with the male-dominated world she lives in and the immaturity of the four men around her who sing a hymn to masculinity. Trina's song. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Trina's song. The three adults sing in falsetto to match Jason's unbroken voice, March of the Falsetto. Oh, cute. Okay, that's, like, adorable, and I love it. Very much. Trina recollects herself and calms down from her frustration. Trina's song reprise. Marvin tries to teach Wizard how to play chess, but bitterness and ill feeling boil over the chess game. Also, it's done, it's not, like, straight vignettes, but a little bit. Okay. Like, you kind of bounce back and forth between different people. Um, but the through line is how they are all, yeah, like interconnected. Okay. Um, they fight and break up. Oh, damn! Correct. Sure. Meanwhile, Trina quick. and Mendel move in together, making a home. As he packs, Wizard reflects on his life and relationship with Marvin. He has been used and abused by other men because of his looks his whole life, and Wizard finally decides that he doesn't want to live like that anymore. The games mm-hmm. I play. Sure. In which Andrew Rannells arguably a very good looking guy mm-hmm. but that's kind of the thing is he's the wizard character is just kind of like a pretty boy mm-hmm. gotcha. sex toy i guess he's cute mm-hmm. uh after receiving mendel and trina's marriage announcement marvin breaks down in rage and slaps her in oh, a song well, called that's not all right marvin hits trina <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh my sure God. i a little bit wanted you to be like just kidding that's not what it's called oh i really kind of thought that was happening but then the, your face was like moving on and i was like oh that's the title sure uh gustav gustav, <laughs> gustav, uh, gustav. shocked by his actions everyone confesses that they never intended to feel so deeply about the people in their lives and they accept the pain that love can bring i never wanted to love you hmm. oh sure my a God. kind of a bummer 
Uh, Jason, the yeah. son, discovers his attraction to girls to his immense relief in the wake <laughs> of the destruction of his relationships oh with both Wizard and Trina. Uh, Marvin sits Jason down for a talk and tells him that no matter what kind of man Jason turns out to be, Marvin will always be there for him uh, in a song called Father to Son. And that's a great song. Sure. Go listen to that. And that's kind of the end of Act 1. Oh, wow. That's what I said. It's Quick. There's a through line to it in which we're like mm-hmm. part of everybody's lives, but it's not necessarily like... Scene to scene. scene like it flows scene to scene yeah. in like a chronological kind of way in that sense. Like it feels like you're only seeing parts of the story. Yes. But I also don't feel like we're missing the story. Correct. Yeah. That's an interesting way, to, way of writing it. Absolutely. That's good. Um, well, it should be noted when um, Finn sits down, he writes the songs, but he has no concept of how they will fit together. He's kind of just writing a little independently in that way. Oh. So some of these things for it to kind of come together, I'm sure was... James uh, Pine's brilliance. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see, he is a great book writer. 1981, Act 2 begins. Two years later, Nancy Reagan is in the White House and two new people are introduced. Marvin's lesbian neighbors, Dr. Charlotte, an internist, and Cordelia, a non-Jewish caterer specializing in Jewish cuisine. Uh, Cordelia is played by Betsy Wolf, a very blonde, all-American-looking lady, very mm. chic's a goddess kind of feel to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go listen to the last five years. That podcast dropped a few weeks ago. Uh, some time ago, whenever, it at was some the point. first one of 2022. I'm sorry, episode 19. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so it's, she's very much, but you have, to, it's 80s, so... The best part about watching this show is it's the late 70s and 80s. So mm. costuming, yeah. hair, makeup, all <laughs> is very, like, Bessie Wolf has big old blonde hair in this in this show. Um, and it's sure. got, like, a very permed blonde do. So she's so she's not Jewish but specializes in Jewish cuisine. Is that what you said? Correct. That's okay. the joke. Okay, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Love um, that journey for it's her. It's great. Marvin observes that it's about time to grow up and get over himself. He has managed to maintain his relationship with Jason and now shares split custody with Trina, who has married Mendel. He has not seen Wizard for two years and has not gotten over him. Oh. Falsetto land com- slash about time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Marvin and Trina begin planning Jason's bar mitzvah, and each character has a different opinion regarding how it should be celebrated. The year of the child. Later, at Jason's Little League baseball game, Jason ponders which girl he will invite to the bar mitzvah. The miracle of Judaism. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't ready for that sure. song title. And I just it's very love fun. it. Uh, Wizard arrives at the baseball game after being invited by Jason. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Marvin cautiously asks Wizard on a d- asks Wizard on a date just as Jason manages to hit the ball called the baseball game. Uh, this is a very funny sequence in which they're kind of like sitting in bleachers mm-hmm. and doing the thing where they're like looking out into the audience like it's a baseball game. Oh, but cool. all these things are kind of happening as it goes. So sure. I will say, and we'll talk about this, maybe the 26 revival, 2016 revival is staged in such a cool, smart way in which there is kind of no set. Yeah. So it's like giant kind of blocks and like abstract pieces that they maneuver and use. And so it's kind of cool. And then every once in a while like set pieces are brought on like uh, I think there's like a kitchen scene where they like just roll a cart on and things like that so it's very cool in that way the way the stage changes Mm -hmm. and moves so highly suggest go watch this Um, let's see uh, the baseball game an interlude ends with everyone reflecting on how wonderful life is a day in falsetto land soon afterwards Marvin and Trina argue at length about the logistics of the bar mitzvah the fight which makes Jason want to call it off Mendel consoles the boy, telling him that everyone hates his parents at his age, but everyone eventually matures and hates them less. 
That is, <laughs> that is the truest of true. Guys, if you are a young listener and you hate your parents right now. It gets better. It gets better. And listen, I also hated my parents when I was that age. You, uh, with mitzvahs, what, like 12, 13, 13, 13, 13 years old? Yeah. yeah, no, at that time it was, I mean, it's hard. I did not hate my parents, but uh, I don't, I did not appreciate them the way that I appreciate them now. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I, I also, think I'm too close to it, if I'm being honest. Sorry, sure. everybody. You're terrible. But how dare you be so young? I oh, know. No. Why do we so, hang out with you? No, no, it's just one of those things where, like, I still live with my parents. So it's, yeah. like, different. It's just very different. Well, you know what? Good on you for, like, recognizing that, too, though. Because, like, sure. at your age, I might have been like, here's what I think. And I probably was too close to it, too, at that point. Yeah. So. Good for you, man. I don't know. Yeah. I think I had a That's why we decent... hang out with her. She's pretty mature. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I had a... I had a uh, what good relation? I have a good relationship with my parents, and uh, I don't think I ever like hated them. Oh, yes, time. but you are also um, the uh, the good kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you were very unproblematic in that way. So uh, not to know. say that any of you, we don't know. I don't know your siblings really at all. So I'm going to say, I regardless of your siblings, you're a good kid. So sure. if you were my well, daughter, I'd probably be like, too, cool. though, you guys are both the oldest. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, we are the oldest, which is yeah. a different time. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing: I was the oldest, but the bad kid. So and like, there's only two of us. You broke stereotype. Um, like a little bit because like. And I wasn't, like, bad, bad. But I was, like, my grades were not as good. I didn't work as hard. I think I probably had, like, some undiagnosed, like, dyslexia or ADHD or something that, like, no one ever really got to. ADD for sure. Um, So, I like, I just struggled a little bit. And then it caused tension because my parents were like, well, your grades are not that great. So here are the things we're going to take away from you. (laughs) So that's where it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest and kind of an only child. And I was perfect. So no problem. No problems. No problems with my parents. Anyway. Guys, adopt a baby from Korea. It's going to go great. <laughs> sure. Well, and also in a way where my parents are old enough that they won't listen to this to ever be able to correct it or come back at it. So <laughs> so now it's just out there and that is the truth. So That's right. Thank you. All right. Um, None of your older siblings are also going to correct or corroborate. No, because they're also super old. So like, no. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, moving on. Marvin, everybody's in a good place. It's fine. We don't hate our parents as much as we're older. Marvin sits in bed one morning looking at sleeping at a sleeping Weezer. Sorry, not Weezer. Sorry, that's a great band. Weezer! Looking at a sleeping Weezer and wonders at how much he loves him. What more can I say? Dr. Charlotte, meanwhile, is becoming aware that young gay men in the city arrive at the hospital sick with a mysterious illness that no one understands. Something bad is happening. I forgot that this was coming. The very beginning. I'm going to be honest. I forgot that that was a part of the plot. Get ready. So just now I was like, oh, no. Well, get ready. It's about to become a big part of the plot. Oh, no, no. Sure. Wizard collapses suddenly during oh, a game no. of racquetball oh, and is God. hospitalized, and Trina is disturbed to find how upset she is at his condition, holding to the ground. In Wizard's hospital room, everyone gathers to cheer him up, commenting on how well he looks. They agree that it is, uh, it is days like this that make these secular Jews believe in God, but Jason, in, a ch- in childish honesty, tells Wizard that he looks awful days like this. Well, as you do when you're well, a kid. Sure. In a... In a very cute way, it's just it's it's the kid calling the reality of the situation where the adults yeah. don't want to. Yep. Um, anyway, Mendel and Trina sit Jason down to inform him that Wizard may not recover. They give him the option of canceling the bar mitzvah. Marvin sits in Wizard's hospital room, soon join, joined by Cordelia and Doctor Charlotte, and the four unlikely lovers reaffirm their commitment to each other despite Wizard's worsening situation. 
Um, it's an interesting thing because, and I, I still don't think we see this in a ton of shows. Um, it's a really great depiction of gay couples Mm -hmm. and just the struggle that, especially at that time. And then the way that they love each other and are there and just are portrayed as people who just are people. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's important and uh, an important kind of theme of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as Wizard's condition deteriorates, Jason turns to God, offering to get bar mitzvahed if Wizard gets better. Another miracle of Judaism. Dr. Charlotte explains to Marvin that something bad is happening and heavily implies that Marvin may become sick as well. Wizard's illness becomes terminal and he resolves to face death with dignity and courage. You gotta die sometime. Um, and this is, like I said, you, you have to understand, we now know... we're. First of all, we're in a weird place, very close to a cure for AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, medical advancements and technology, the lifespan is so much longer because it's treatable. Um, pe- the spread and the knowledge of how not to get it and how it's spread is out there. Um, safe sex has become more part of the language and the landscape than it was. This is early days of that in which yeah. people did not know what this was. People didn't know how you were getting it. Yeah. Um, sort of the stigma around gay men at that time also was something totally different. And so even her saying to Marvin, you might get this, we, it's still, we didn't fully understand why or how. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's just such an interesting thing where, like I said, for a show that is fun music, it's, it's pretty funny. There's a lot of comedy in the show. It then takes kind of a pivot in the second act that really takes a second to examine these very hard things and it it starts to question too um sort of religious and do we the religious aspect of do i believe in god and what is god doing so it's it's really <laughs> it takes a turn mm-hmm. yeah clearly. um okay uh so you gotta die sometime suddenly everyone bursts into the hospital room jason has had an epiphany he wants to hold the ceremony in wizard's hospital room jason's bar mitzvah as jason completes his recitation wizard collapses and is taken from the room followed by all but Marvin. Marvin, left alone, asks the departed wizard what his life would be if they had not loved each other. Wizard's spirit appears and asks if Marvin regrets the relationship, and Marvin resolutely states he would do it again. What would I do? Marvin's friends and family... My heart. Sur- what? My heart. Just sure. Like- <laughs> Marvin's friends and family surround him, and he finally loses his composure and breaks down in their arms. Mendel steps forward, tearfully declaring that this is where we take a stand Falsetto Land reprise, and that is the end of the oh show. Oh my gosh! That's the end? Yeah. <sighs> so like, it's like ambiguous. Like he died, but did he? Like right. Well, yeah. no. It's he's, so it's very clear that yeah. he's dead. Okay. Um, here's what I will say. It is. Was there. Got it. Yes. It is. Um, the pro shot version of this. Christian Borel and Andrew Reynolds do you know kind of both maybe known more for their comedic stuff. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I think they're very funny guys. Um. Andrew Randall's go on a YouTube hole, look him up on interviews on talk shit, like late night stuff. He is he's funny. very funny. Yeah. Um, he's got a book out too. That's also very funny. It, listen, it's the turn that these two gentlemen make and the investment as an audience member that you make in their relationship in such a short time where you, it, it is sad. And I, so I saw this because they did a limited release in theaters, uh, it, like the pro mm-hmm. shot version in like a movie theater. And I think I went and saw it by myself. 
uh, I think I cried very hard by myself, like in a movie theater where I was like, oh God. Uh. And I was probably like one of four people and you could hear all of us like, <laughs> like, yeah. just like, like yeah, yeah, just like, you know, uh, and I just, here's the thing I remember is one of the people that was in there just went, damn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it was like, yeah, man. And oh my was God. Like, yeah. Um, but it is, it's such a sad thing. And like I said, you just, it's such a hard, it's just a story and you don't care. You're not like, mm, they're gay or whatever. It's just it's like, damn, story. these people yeah. who were loved each other were ravaged by a thing that is unknown that we did not know about and did not get the time together that they should have had together. Yeah. And so it's uh, it, that kind of address of it. And it obviously in the synopsis, they don't go into it, but the show really does address that. And sort of Dr. Chase, like her, her kind of like confusion at, it's such a brand new thing. We don't know what this is. We don't, we don't know how to treat it. We don't know what to do. Uh, just really kind of took hold and, and you're like, damn, this is, this is, it got heavy. So I, listen, uh, I would say go see this. It's, uh, it's pro shot and it exists and you should definitely see it. And it's pretty great. Um, some notable people in it, um, you know, Christian, I think the, the revival, the Broadway revival, um, you know, Christian Borrell, Stephanie J. Block, Andrew Rannells, Brandon uh, Uranowitz, uh, Tracy Toms, who had Rent fame, plays uh-huh. Charlotte, Dr. Charlotte, Betsy Wolf as Cordelia, and then Young Kids, Anthony Rosenthal, plays Jason in the Broadway revival. But uh, originated Chip Zine oh, from Into the Woods, uh, was Mendel in the original, and you can, I'm sure, picture oh, him as like a little gosh, yes. psychiatrist Mendel. Little psychiatrist Mendel. Exactly. I uh, love him. Second national tour, Max von Essen was Marvin. Um, you know, you got Nick Adams, Eden Espinoza. Like, it's just good people, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a little small cast. It's a little, yeah, you know, one, two, sound. three, cast what of seven. Like seven. Eight, eight, yep, eight, cast seven. of seven. Um, and Magic it's, number. Well, and I'm going to tell you in a way where it is a funny show, uh, and there's, like, lots of laughs to be had, but you kind of go on this journey, even in the beginning with Trina, like, her feelings of inadequacy of having losing a husband in the way she lost him and just what does that mean for her and her womanhood and just her like as a female it's it's a show that really kind of goes through it and i would like i said it's pro shot it's out there i would suggest anybody go watch it um it's just so good and the and they do such a good job of like i said portraying this time frame and what it was like at that time so uh, I, like I said, I, I think it's great. Um, I, I do the Betsy Wolf part of it. She does great. And she's kind of, she's kind of a character in which she's part of the levity. She's part of the lighter side of it. And she has said, uh, she said in an interview, uh, they did where they were like, you know, you're, you're getting ready to portray an iconic time or an iconic couple. And, you know, she said, uh, she said, and I quote, um, you know, you're about to play someone you love. And she said, uh, people have come up to me literally and stopped me and said, you're going to say one of my favorite lines in musical theater. And the line is you save lives and I save chicken fat. I can't fucking deal with that. (laughs) And because, you know, part of that relationship that kind of didn't get talked about in that synopsis, but between her and Charlotte is just the, the gravity of knowing your partner is do you're like, making food they're like in this the midst of this and and even that dynamic um but the interesting thing i thought there's this great article uh, interview between her and tracy times and 
they talk about, um, you know, what was it like to play a couple? Did you bond right away? And Betsy Wolf said, uh, I have to say, I've never had a more natural prog- uh, progression with someone I'm playing a love interest with. Most of the time I've met the people on photo shoots and you're nuzzling and saying, so where are you from? And like kissing them and saying, oh, one sibling? Great. Okay. Tracy and I met at a function a couple years ago and then had dinner before we started, so it felt quite natural. And Tracy says, I came into, I came in late to the audition because I'm in L.A., so I flew in and had to sing all this stuff. Then Betsy came in, and I'm like, oh. And Betsy goes, hey, girl. Tracy says, hey, girl. Oh, this is easy. We have a shorthand for this. It's fine. So they hey-girled their way right into this couple. That's so and, fun. Yeah, and the, the interesting part about when you watch, especially, like I said, that, that production is kind of the only one I've seen. Uh, I've seen some amateur productions, but um, it's great because these you have to you get into these couples when they're already well lived. Like mm-hmm. a lot of shows, like yeah. right, a lot of shows you meet that that's the show is they're meeting and they're yeah. falling in love, and then the show ends and they're in love and they're happy. You're meeting all of these couples with years well of history. Into their, yeah. yeah, where you know uh, Marvin and Trina are divorcing, and so yeah. they already put in, and they have like a ten year old, eleven year old kid you're putting into these you're coming into sort of these established relationships and so they do such a good job in that version of feeling like an established couple where mm-hmm. you're like oh damn like we're coming into something late in the game uh so it's fun to read that that shorthand existed and you know you know that they got to do it so yeah i just like i said it's it's really kind of neat and um yeah, it, it's it's very real life too, and the the moments in the hospital are I think are played correctly. Where it's an awkward time when you're mm-hmm. standing with someone who's gonna die, and what you're trying to be light, and you're trying it's you know it's all the adults being like no, and especially you know we recall Wizard had that like he's a little like pretty boy, like he's always been very yeah. good looking, mm-hmm. and so they're all like oh my god you look great, you look so good, and Jason's like you look like shit. And it's just, you know, I, like I said, I, I think this is a great show and um, uh, I would give, I, I would listen to the soundtrack, but it's available to watch. Go watch it. In a way where on this podcast we have talked about pro shot shows <laughs> that are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that, are, that, that we're, we're telling you to go kind of hate watch them yeah. or go watch them to just like have a good time. This one in earnest, it is well, it's such a well done show. Go watch it. And and watch it for real, and don't don't watch it with a like, oh, what is gonna happen? You know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah, cool okay. man. Uh, well, all right. So I guess um, on a scale of zero ounces of chicken fat, oh boy, <laughs> and a glass full of chicken fat. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh my god. I don't. This is gross. Drink the fat. Okay. Uh, that's a, here's the thing. If you Ooh, watch uh, Friends, that's a Friends reference. No, it is, and I remember Joey drinks the fat. Anyway, yeah. um. Well, Chandler drinks the fat to make Joey forgive him. Yep. That's a friend's deep dive. Um, So zero, an empty glass or a glass full of fat being the The best. Oh, boy. Um, Where are you at? All right. I'll go. Here's the thing. I love the idea of seeing couples uh, in the middle of their relationship because it's so rare in musical theater. It is. I think it really, you know, you get like the parent figure, right? Where they're like, but you're not, they're not the main people and you're not. You don't care about that. Um, So that's a really cool thing, especially from an actor's perspective. It's like kind of hard because if you're 
playing opposite someone that you don't know that well, it's easy to portray the beginning of a relationship. But mm-hmm. if you're playing opposite someone you don't know that well and you're you've been together for a decade, like that's difficult to be an established. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. I love the normalization of the of the gay couple. Like yep. it's not about them being gay; it's just about their lives, and I love that. Um, so I'm I'm going ha- full glass of fat. That's gross, but here it is. I want to see it. I've never seen it before. I've heard the music is lovely. It's great. The song titles are excellent. It that's especially the, the that's first one. The, well, <laughs> that's the comedy of it too. Is it's one of those. It does a great job of a show of funny times, but you're like, damn, this is some heavy stuff. Yeah. Like, but it's hilarious. So like, ha ha. <laughs> and it just it makes it in that way in which I think sometimes, and obviously they come out swinging later. It makes it digestible, and it mm-hmm. makes you mm-hmm. not so scared to look at it, to talk about it, to talk about the show. And I think a lot of it was, you know, that was part of it. So, anyway, a full glass of fat from Lauren. Yeah. I I would say, like, a 90% full glass of fat, which I also really hate saying that. Yeah, but um, not, not comfortable in my mouth. No. Uh, the phrasing was great. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No. Um, yeah, it sounds... Uh, well, here's the thing. It sounds sad, yeah, <laughs> which is why it I is. can't go full 100% because, sure. like... I know that if I watched this, I would probably be wrecked. Like, yeah. I would probably be absolutely gutted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, a little bit, I'm like, I can't give this a hundred percent. I can't sure. give this a full well, glass. I would be distraught if I saw this. Like, you need a good cry. Yeah. yeah. You go to the falsettos, um, I guess. But, like, but yeah, well, it sounds good. It sounds funny. Yes. Um, And I have actually <laughs> heard a lot of the music uh in bits and pieces and yeah yeah. i've heard a little bit of it and i always kind of get like you said it premiered in the 90s and i was like i kind of see that like it's late the music has a late 80s early 90s feel to it despite being set in the beginning of the decade well and this is what's kind of and what i kind of love about this is it was created finn says he wanted to convey the tragedy of aids accurately in falsettos and thought I can't have AIDS be peripheral in the show, and I don't know that I could write about AIDS head-on because the horror is too real, and I don't want to uh, trivialize it. Yeah. Uh, and they really, they wanted it. He's got Lapine's got a great quote where he says, uh, "A time frame in our past that has somewhat been forgotten. We had lost a lot of people to HIV. We really need to keep this history alive." And it's true. I think we're we're forty years past it now, which is like crazy to think, mm-hmm. and it's not as big of a thing. And it no. it really truly was uh, well, and I'm going to tell you uh, to bring my perspective as a younger person. Not talked about. I I I'm sure I am far yeah well undereducated about that crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, just in a way where the impact I I I'm sure I don't even know or like recognize or understand uh, the impact uh, the impact of that at all. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, so this is interesting, and I, we, you know, we're on a glass of fat, but. Okay. Um, sure. Stop saying it. Fat, 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 glass of fat. Um, Finn later described falsettos as a catharsis for people who've been going through the AIDS epidemic, as well as for people not going through it. He hoped that the show would allow people who had only read about the epidemic to empathize with people who lived through it firsthand. Mm-hmm. The inclusion of lesbian characters, Charlotte and Cordelia, is a tribute to lesbians who assisted gay men during the epidemic. Yeah. Finn expressed that the inclusion of women in the story was paramount to the message of the show, explaining gay men's lives have a lot of women in them. This is important to come into the conversation. They should not be ignored. The show also explores heterosexual uh, Trina's perspective on Wizard's illness uh, and holding to the ground 
where she shows solidarity with him despite previously struggling to accept his relationship with Marvin. Mm -hmm. The revival, 2016, was partly intended to educate young LGBT youth about gay life in the 80s and to instill a sense of gratitude at how both societal views of gay people and HIV-AIDS treatments have vastly improved since that period. Yeah. Hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, I mean, it's just... it's it really truly is an interesting thing and there's themes of masculinity kind of sprinkled throughout of it you know with jason's struggle of i don't am i going to be gay like my dad and what does that mean and how he kind of comes around to it um and just you know like i said it's just it's just really great i don't know i i think it's really uh, it's a fun show but it's it hits on in a way where we've talked about this too where um some shows that go for that like um that go for that punch of the sort of trend of I'm making a statement and Mm -hmm. this show is about this. I think this show does it in a way that's so still entertaining and still, but not, and puts it, you know, as Finn wanted in the forefront, but isn't gimmicky. It's not like the show of the week where it's like, uh, we're doing a gay, gay, gay. And like, this is the show about this, you know, it does it in a much more less sensationalized sort of, um, exploitive way kind of i mean i don't want to like hate on hamilton i think that it's lovely i enjoy that show and i appreciate all the effort that went into it and the point that it was trying to make but in that way where it was like everybody was really hopping on that bandwagon Mm -hmm. to be you know i think of like that show i think of prom the prom where it's like the struggle of a teen trying to put on his the gay prom and all the things and you know if you watch the nonsense netflix version of it cancel james corden it's, you know, but it's like, to me, it's that show's fine and it's great and it is a voice for a lot of people, but it doesn't, I think, necessarily tackle it in a real way. Right. And it doesn't make you confront it in a real way. Well, and like, even, this is maybe a controversial thing to say, but even Rent, I don't think yeah. is super real either because yeah. the circumstance that those people find themselves in is kind of bonkers. Um, it, it forces you to confront the epidemic and it forces you to confront um but they're like caricatures of characters but they are caricatures yeah. like it's not it doesn't feel like gritty real people they feel like you know i don't know uh Maureen Broadway is like crazy and bananas and she, yeah right here's my butt it's just i don't know yeah. so that's that's why like i said this show i think has a little bit it roots itself a little bit less in the sensationalism of it mm-hmm. and roots it a little bit more in reality yeah uh so I, you know i'm a full glass i'm two glasses of fat um give me that oh fat God. stop saying it <laughs> give me that fat all right I'll drink where, it all day long where can you find us karen uh you can find us uh at downstage left pc on all the socials uh, if you have something longer to say, if you agree, if you've experienced this, if you've been in this show, because I know I have a couple friends that have done this show and um, to great effect. So uh, yeah. hit us up at downstageleftpc at gmail.com. We also have a website, downstageleftpodcast.com. Excellent. All right. Well, I think we well, did it. Everybody. This one is a little harder, so I will say um, exit stage left. Um, Pursued by fat. I hate you. <laughs>